Welcome to the Flint Citadels podcast of our Sunday morning worship service, a weekly production of the Salvation Army Flint Citadel Corps. probably recall, the fourth doctrine of the Salvation Army says this, we believe that in the person of Jesus Christ, the divine and human natures are united so that he's truly and properly God and truly and properly man. Hmm, he says. Hmm. Well, today's the third Sunday in the Advent, and Christmas and Easter are kind of perhaps the two most important holidays uh, in the Christian calendar. As you know, Easter talks about God's power as Jesus rose triumphant over the grave and death. But Christmas is often seen as, well, maybe an act of weakness. And in that, Christ laid aside his power and his position, and he became a helpless baby. Well, some of us are into babies. But our Christmas carols say that he was meek and mild, and he didn't even really cry too much. Well... This morning, we're going to challenge that notion. So if you're paying attention, you're going to get that message. And the Christmas story is one of those weakness things. And as we get a glimpse at the power lying in that manger, it's my hope that you'll leave here this morning with a special touch. Open your Bibles, won't you, to Psalm 62, verses 5 to 11. Psalm 62, verses 5 to 11. That piece of scripture says this. Let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will not be shaken. My victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. O oh, my people, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him, for God is our refuge. Common people are as worthless as a puff of wind and the powerful are not what they appear to be. If you weigh them on the scales, together they are lighter than a breath of air. Don't make your living by extortion or put your hope in stealing. And if your wealth increases, don't make it the center of your life. God has spoken plainly, and I have heard it many times. Power, O oh God, belongs to you. 
Won't you pray with me this morning? Father God, thank you so much for the ability for us just to sit quietly and wait upon you. Help our hearts to be calmed. Help our minds to open up to the concepts that we will hear this morning, that we might walk that closer walk with you, that we might find that, that, that rich fountain that is your Son, Jesus Christ. Help us now as we uh, spend time in worship together, that all that is said, all that is sung, all that is played is meaningful and will walk somebody closer to you, Lord. Be with us now as we worship together. Amen. Well, now we get to sing. And the title of this song is a little misleading because we're constantly teaching kids as we teach them songs and teach them to sing, don't shout. (laughs) But they love to shout out songs. And so I'm going to invite you this morning to sing with me this morning. As the band gives us a little bit of an introduction, we're going to stand and sing together.
The Christmas story in the Bible begins several hundred years before that night in Bethlehem. One Old Testament prophecy after another promised a coming Savior, the Messiah, the Anointed One, who would redeem the people of God. The centerpiece of all Christmas prophecies, Isaiah 9-6, was written nearly 600 years before Jesus' birth. Isaiah promised it would be a miraculous event, unlike any the world had ever known, and the details Isaiah gave were fulfilled by Jesus. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9-6 is the most familiar of all the Old Testament prophecies about the birth of Christ. Consider the rich truth in this one short verse and the attributes given to this extraordinary child. To the Jewish nation, Isaiah's prophecy was news of a coming king. To the unsuspecting world, the prophecy promised a savior, God incarnate, whose coming would dramatically and forever alter human history. So now we're going to sing Joy to the World, and we'll sing all three verses. In high school, I sang in two choral groups, and I thought I had sung every obscure Christmas carol around. And Captain John managed to hand me one that I don't know. <laughs> so I'm going to ask Captain Chris, because this is her favorite, to come up here and help me. Come here, Captain Chris, <laughs> so I don't blow your favorite Christmas carol. I'll help you. Ready? Okay, here we go. In the manger.
today is, uh, we have an opportunity to do another face of missions. And uh, I've talked a couple times about how Lindsay and I had the opportunity to go on a missions trip to Ghana, Africa. Um, while we were there, uh, we were able to assist in the Salvation Army programs that they have going on and to help rebuild, um, to help further their programs. Um, while we were there, we got to meet a lot of officers and a lot of the leaders there um, that were really dedicated towards the work of the Salvation Army. And uh, the leaders there for the Ghana Territory are Colonels Dennis and Sharon Strissel. Um, they started their missions back in 1980 when they were stationed on the island of St. Helen. Um, they were there for four years before being transferred to South Africa, where they spent two years near Johannesburg and two years in Cape Town. After that, uh, they had decided they had two young children that they would like to come back to the United States to, to raise their children in the U.S. Uh, just so they could be comfortable being here. Um, they waited very patiently. They weren't really sure at that point whether they were to remain in the United States or if they wanted to continue their work in missions. Um, after 17 years, they returned to Africa where they were stationed in the Ghana Territory as the territorial commander and the territorial president of women's organizations. Um, there they oversee 190 active officers, 16,800 soldiers, 3,000 junior soldiers, where they have 105 corps, 145 outposts, and employs more than 1,400 individuals. Um, there the work of the Salvation Army is very large and growing every day, and it's because of the work of the Strissels. Um, while we were there, we were able to visit some schools and clinics. The Salvation Army has 187 schools in Ghana, with more over almost 27,000 students attending those schools. Um, they have a Boy Scout program that just sent 200 kids to a territorial camp this summer, and they have nine medical clinics throughout the country, and five have been. Um, recognized for being like the best health care in that area of the country. Um, so the, we were able to go, the girls on the trip were able to go to a clinic in Begro, which is you go up a little windy path up a mountain and it's just in this little village. Um, they have a school there but it was summer so we didn't see the kids but there's a clinic where kids go um, and the Salvation Army takes care of them when um, they're there for malaria and other things, so there's a lot of people throughout the country just in these small little villages that depend on the World Service money to keep it going and to um, keep the health of the country, kind of provide immunizations and stuff for these kids. So we're able to see the benefits of the World Service money just in that country. And it not only goes for those programs, but it funds the core officers and uh, the different individuals who are trying to assist the work of the Salvation Army. Um, so we just ask as you consider giving throughout the year to world services, um, think of the, the smaller individuals in these countries that don't have anything and uh, be considerate to the, the items, the things that we have in this world that we take for granted and uh, just be gracious in your giving to them.
A young pastor received a telephone call one day from a local mall. They said, we have an empty storefront, and we were wondering if your church would like to put a nativity display in there uh, so it wouldn't be empty during the Christmas season. And he thought to himself, well, that's a, that's a great idea. There are more people that go to that mall in, in a single day than come to my church the whole season of Advent. Thousands of people will see this, um, this display and, and hundreds of people will probably come to church because of it. So all inspired, he set up a beautiful manger scene and, and he put a, a gift tag on the window that read, From God to all mankind. Once, um, once he had done that, he saw a bench kind of across from the display, and he sat down to watch while everybody in the mall was um, moving around, and he was ready to see how awed they were by the wonderful work that he had done. It was going to be great. Well, guess what? As he sat there, people just walked by. It seemed like they uh, didn't even notice it. 
They just hurried by, focused on their shopping and on their conversations. He was a little bit disappointed. But as he continued to watch, he noticed that every now and then, someone who, who was hurrying by would, would see the uh, display out of the corner of, of their eye and would, would stop, as if wondering, what was, what's that? What are, they, what are they trying to sell? That just doesn't seem like it's in the right place. And then they would um, turn around and walk back and look at the window and get on their tippy toes to look into the manger and see the baby Jesus. Now, I don't know if that uh, young pastor grew his church or not that year, but he did cause at least some people to slow down enough to consider the real reason for Christmas. That's what I want to do this morning. I know we aren't hurrying along shopping in the mall, at least not physically. We're, we're seated here for this worship service. But I wonder how many of you are so busy with your own hurried preparations and plans that you've hardly taken a few minutes to stop and to consider afresh the reason we do all this, the reason for Christmas. So this morning, I, I want you to stop from your busy pace. Get on your, your tiptoes. Get a little bit closer and look once again at this baby in the manger. I believe he has something to say to each of us this Christmas. For most of us, um, the run-up to Christmas is one of the busiest times of year. There's just so much that needs to get done. I mean, just here at the core alone, there are Christmas kettles, Christmas applications, League of Mercy, food distribution, and of course, the toy shop. It's all kind of exciting. There's kind of a little bit of a, an adrenaline rush, but um, I think the staff here will be glad when things are uh, over because it gets a little crazy around here, especially this week. Some of you who are volunteering are spending more time than maybe you'd like here at the core or out in the community supporting the Christmas effort. And maybe for some of you, the idea of coming here on Sunday morning may seem like just another assignment, another thing that has to be done in a busy Christmas schedule. But I hope, whatever your circumstance, that you will see these times, these Sunday morning worship times, as a chance to stop for at least a few hours from the busyness and craziness and to gaze into the manger. In spite of all the rushing around, Christmas really is a beautiful time of year. There are beautiful traditions. There are fun things to do. And people who don't even believe in God, who don't believe in Christ, love this season because of the beauty of it and because of the, the feel of it. There's Christmas caroling. Some people actually like shopping. There's visiting friends and loved ones, baking seasonal treats, 
getting the house decorated for Christmas, and of course, attending Advent worship services. And perhaps in your own family, you have some special traditions of your own. But, you know, all of these Christmassy kind of things that we do really aren't what Christmas is all about, at least not for followers of Christ. These are just things we do in recognition of the real thing, the real Christmas. This morning, let's spend just a few minutes considering the real Christmas. It's summarized nicely in Luke chapter 2, verse 7. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. That's what Christmas is really about. It's about the birth of Jesus. I think that um, we need more focus on this baby in the manger and all that his advent means. Because the more we're focused on this during this Christmas season, I think the more powerfully the real message of Christmas can impact us. Before God's son was born, an angel told Joseph, you shall name him Jesus. This name Jesus means salvation. It's um, a form of the name uh, Joshua from the Old Testament. It foreshadows the fact that God was coming to rescue us from certain destruction. You see, he wants to save you. That's why he came. That's the message of Christmas. But if you really want to understand what Jesus wants to do in your life, you have to uh, better understand who he is. In biblical times, names had very significant meaning. Often they described a, a person's mission in life or reflected the desire or attitude of the parents. This baby in the manger may have been named Jesus, but we learn in Isaiah 700 years before he was born, Isaiah prophesied his coming and gave him some other names. These names tell us more about who Jesus is. In Isaiah 9, 6, he writes, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. This verse gives us a wealth of information. Uh, last year's Advent series was actually built on this verse. But this morning, I just want to focus on one of these names, the name Mighty God. And I want you to know with certainty this Advent that Jesus Christ is the Mighty God. But let's face it, most of us don't think of power and might when we think of a baby, especially one born in a barn and placed in a cattle trough. Instead, we might think of weakness and vulnerability. We might think of meekness and mildness. We might picture a, a cute baby cuddling in the straw. 
I think it's ironic that the greatest power that has ever come into this world is found right there in that manger. When we think of power, we might think of modern weapons of war. I mean, man has gone to great ends and created amazing weapons that can kill hundreds of thousands of people in a matter of seconds. We might think of nuclear energy and the fact that from a very small amount of radioactive material, we can power thousands and thousands of homes. But what we see in the manger makes these sources of power look like flickering candles. That baby in the manger is, in fact, the mighty God. He is the one who created all that we see and all that we know. A new power source was born into this world at Christmas. A new strength, not just to power the world, a new strength for your life and for mine. A strength to help us be victorious in the toughest of life's battles. Do you believe that? Do you believe he was born to give you strength, to be your power source? Well, I tell you, it's essential that you believe that if Jesus' power is to be realized in your own life. Just as the power of electricity to, to light a room like this is dependent on us flipping the switch, so Jesus' power is available only to those who take action by faith. So this morning, what, um, what do you need Jesus' power for? What is the toughest battle you are facing right now? Is it some relationship that's not going the way you hoped? God says, I want to give you power to make a difference in that relationship. Is it some other circumstance that's just not turning out the way you thought it would? Is it some area of temptation a temptation that keeps getting the best of you. You want to say no, but you keep saying yes. God wants to make his power available to you. He can help you break the chains of sin and temptation. You see, the manger isn't just some sentimental story for children. No, it's definitely for us adults too because it's all about God's power in your life. What kind of power am I talking about? Ephesians 3.20 says, With God's power working in us, God can do much, much more than anything we ask or imagine. That's because God's power has no limits whatsoever. He is all Powerful. He is God Almighty. And His power can be released into your life at the very point where you feel the weakest. I wonder this morning, are you experiencing this power in your life? Can you testify that, yeah, God's power is seen in my life? Maybe the problem is you don't know how to access it, how to, how to stay connected to it. Most of us um, have cell phones in our pockets or purses. Some of us even forget to turn them off before church. 
Some even use them to text during the sermon. Now, when I was a teen, we just passed notes in the back pew, back and forth. But now, kids and even adults text messages, and they can just zip them all around the place. Well, anyway, those who are busy texting during the sermon probably have to charge their cell phone every day just to, to keep enough power uh, in the thing so it, it works when they need it. If that describes you, raise your hand. I want the ushers to take names. Anybody? All right. Now, some of you maybe don't use it quite that much, and you have to charge your cell phone every other day or maybe every third day. But the point is, if you want to have power when you need it, you have to keep the thing charged. What about when it comes to God's power? How often do you have to connect in order to stay charged, full with God's power? Well, let me assure you, it's not every fifth day or every fourth day or every third day or every second day. Not if you want to have enough power to live your life victoriously over sin. It's not enough, really, to even stay connected just once a day. When it comes to God's power in your life, the problem is we can't hold the charge for very long. We've got to stay connected to Him all the time. When you, um, you can't come to church once a week and walk away thinking, I've, I've just been charged up for the week. Don't, don't get me wrong, it, it's good to come to church. It's good to get charged up and in that, but, but that's not enough. You can't even just read your Bible and, and maybe say a, a little prayer every day and think, okay, I'm, I'm charged up for the whole day. I don't know about you, but I can have a, a devotional time with the Lord in the morning and I can forget about God by 10 a.m. It's easy to do. I have to stay connected to Him all the time. How do you do that? Just like in any other relationship, really, you have to live in the constant awareness that God is here and that you can talk to Him anytime you want throughout the day. It doesn't have to be some big, long, formal conversation. You can just have a, a running conversation with God. God, help me with this. God, I need your wisdom here. God, I'm not sure what to do in this situation. God, it's amazing what's happening. Thank you for that. In fact, Thanksgiving is a great way to stay connected to God throughout the day. Just thank Him for the little things that uh, come your way during the day and, and be in contact with Him about the events of your, of your daily life. When you stay connected throughout the day, you'll experience God's power. You begin to, to see it available. Colossians chapter 1, verse 11 says, God will strengthen you with his own great power so that you will not give up when troubles come, but you'll be patient. You know, we think that our great experiences with God's power come when... Um, 
when we do something great and everybody applauds, everybody says, wow, that God really is working in your life. That is really neat what God is doing. But you know, I think our greatest experience of God's power is when we feel like nobody sees, no one notices, and when we need strength to make it through and not give up. In those times when, um, when, when you are alone and maybe you are struggling, it is in our weakness that God gives us strength. That's the greatest experience of God's power. And God wants to give you his power and his strength this Christmas. He wants you to have it today. He wants you to have it every day. He wants you to stay connected on a moment-by-moment basis. You know, if Christmas really is just remembering what happened 2,000 years ago, but has no power for us today, then really it is just a hollow tradition. It's just some stale old custom that we, we observe every year. But that's not the way it has to be. The real story of Christmas is the story of God's power being released into this world. And that power, that same power, is available today. Where in your life could you use some strength and some power this Christmas? Just finish this sentence. This Christmas, I need strength to... And you fill in the blank. This Christmas, I need strength to... It might be for a relationship. It might be for a difficult circumstance. It might be to gain victory over some sin, some temptation that controls you. It might be for a conversation you need to have with a loved one that you've been putting off, whatever it is. You know you need strength. I want you to know this morning that Jesus is the mighty God. He wants to give you that power. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the beauty of this Advent season and for all the decorations and the greeting cards and the meals and the presents. It's just beautiful, Lord. But at the same time, we realize that there is no eternal value in these things. That the only thing of eternal importance is our soul's relationship with you. And I thank you, Lord, that it is on Christmas that we remember your advent coming into the world with power. 
though masked in the form of a, a weak, helpless baby. Lord, we understand that you came as mighty God. And Lord, we need you today. You know the things for which we need your power. God, you know those things where we fail, those things where we are hesitant. And God, I just pray that this morning as, as we understand the areas where we need your power, that, Lord, we would seek you, not just now, but every day, every moment. We do believe that you have the answer for our every need, that you have a way, a plan for our lives. So God, bless us. And Father, if there's anyone here this morning that doesn't have a relationship with you, that has never surrendered their life to you, I pray that they might do that without hesitation. Bless us as we come to the close of this meeting and make a way for each of us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to stand. We're going to sing the song Steve's playing, God Will Make a Way. Sometimes that's because we need power that we don't have on our own. Sometimes we need wisdom because we don't know the way. Sometimes we just need some good encouragement and the Lord will give us that to do the things that need to be done in our lives. Whatever your need this morning, trust God that he has a way for you. If you'd like to come and pray as we sing, please do. to help him find that way. I don't know if he's seeking God's power, God's wisdom, but he's looking for God's help and assistance. And I just encourage you, there is no shame in admitting our weakness and our need for God. There's no shame in admitting that sometimes we, um, we get ourselves distracted and we just need to get back on following him and on trusting him for power. So this morning, if, if you need to find your way, know that God has already found it. He has a way for you. He's anxious to help you. God bless you. Shall we pray? Lord, first of all, we ask to just be with our friend who's seeking your help. Pray you'll be close to him. And as we leave this place today, may we go out to love you, 
and to serve you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We'll sing our benediction. This has been the weekly podcast of the Flint Citadel's morning worship experience. We hope you were blessed. Join us again for next week's service. Better yet, join us in person anytime at the Citadel, located in the heart of downtown Flint, at 211 West Kersley Street, where you're always among friends. For more information about the Salvation Army in Flint and our worship times and weekly activities, Visit us online at www.flintcitadel.org or call us at area code 810-232-2199. Thanks for listening.